Today marks the fourth anniversary of Bailey versus Sasha at TakeOver Brooklyn, regarded at least by me to be the best women's match in WWE history. At the time, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, and Bailey had been having matches that elicited professional jealousy from acts on the main roster. By the time TakeOver Brooklyn happened, three of the women had already gotten the main roster call-up. Bailey would have to wait nearly a year before she was a mystery partner at Battleground. Three of the women mentioned have had problems in Vince McMahon's myopic view of women's wrestling. Becky Lynch famously going nowhere until her tough persona overcame a poorly planned heel turn that fans didn't really want. Sasha's inability to defend a title after being given ceremonial wins has become a running punchline on commentary, and Bailey, who only needed to be competent and confident to be a star, has been booked star- starting as a foolish child and now as a rebellious teenager. Charlotte was never a question. She was blonde and had the flair pedigree. Vince McMahon, who doesn't watch NXT, put his faith in people who were more characters than wrestlers, attempting to get over Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Carmella, and Alexa Bliss, while using these same trailblazers to put them over. Feuds over mean girl stuff, being the face of the division, who's the right type to be marketable, and other such inane pursuits haven't forwarded what was started and have left the division with one pure babyface in Naomi, who is known for dancing. And then a bunch of petty women who act like jerks when the spotlight is on them, excused as, quote-unquote, seizing the moment. But the funny thing right now is that NXT is still doing women's wrestling very, very well. Winners, losers, who's the best? Matches that combine build and payoffs. That's why I still have hope for the women of NXT now that they're moving to USA. It does things the main roster doesn't. Which is also why the move to USA scares the hell out of me. Because if Vince becomes protective, all notions of good wrestling go out the window. Bobby Fish might actually have to become a fish. Matthew Riddle might need to tell a joke and honk a horn before he pins a guy. That's the downside. That's the fears I'm living with right now. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here, Chris Novembrino. Chris, it has not been a dead week for wrestling news. Um, we were supposed to do, uh, not we, you and me, but myself and Rob McCarron were originally going to do an episode on Sunday doing bracketology of the uh, King of the Ring. Sounded like a fun idea. And then Rob went to go see Hootie and the Blowfish and got stuck in Indianapolis. So I am blaming Hootie and the Blowfish and Rob McCarron's suburban college tastes in music for not having a very fun episode scheduled but you did a fun episode for people on the patreon side hold my hand i want you to hold my hand he has the guitar out (laughs) oh yeah no we we got we got stuff to talk about we got theme songs to write tonight jeff it is gonna be a rockin shake them ropes the ropes are rocking here Tonight. I, I don't know where else that was going to go. But yes, on the Patreon website, which you can find at patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest, completely unsanctioned by <laughs> Jeff Hawkins, Rich Crage, 
Joe Lanza or Voices of Wrestling, I have to say it every time per a legal order, thanks Jeff, no uh, is yeah, high voltage. High voltage, the one you or not. Hold on. No, it's you, called high, it's called you high wattage. the name of your show. Yeah, I forgot the theme song on the show, too. No, so you, like, no you literally just messed up the name of your show. I know, is- I'm aware that I said high voltage. I was trying to fix it in post. Okay. Is what was happening. Yeah, no, it was getting fixed. And then now it's it's about Eric Watts. The show's about Eric Watts, and you should listen to it. Buck a show. It's all, or, no, that's the other show. That's it's a, whatever you want to give a month. But go over to Patreon and sign up. High wattage. It's great. It's a good show. I had a really good plug there, and then someone ruined it by saying high voltage. Yeah, you. No. <laughs> I never let's said not, let's high not voltage. Point, let's not point the finger. Rage and Chaos are a great tag team. I might go back <laughs> and do... You, I may That's take the next a, one. That is yeah. the next one. You go from high wattage to high voltage. That'd I be- may try to find Eric Watts <laughs> versus either Rage or Chaos at some point. Oh we'll see if God. it happened. <laughs> oh, yes. But big news this week. NXT, two hours starting in, gosh, what, three weeks, two weeks on the USA Network? Wednesdays, they're going to be the ones going head-to-head with AEW. Bit of a shock. Because originally it had been reported that they were going to be probably over on FS1. USA, definitely a larger cable station. And when you do the USA versus TNT thing, those of us who are old enough to remember that channel pinging and ponging, that's going to feel familiar. Yeah, I, like I said, I have concerns. I am very, very worried that Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn are going to want their fingers in this pie because of they're gonna overwatch the ratings right like they're gonna be trying to have a ratings war with aew and what i worry about that i think you were sort of alluding to in the monologue there is that they're going to say all right the ratings were down this week we need to come in we Mm -hmm. need to spice things up we need to make mia yim more exciting now she likes anime um, or we need to make Jordan Miles more exciting. We said he's an anime action guy, but what if he actually came out like a ninja? What if he did, you know, an entrance coming down from the top or something like that? What's um, the hook? That's, right, uh, yeah, exactly. That's my fear. These guys are too plain. They're not the WWE style. They need to be bigger than normal people. What's their hook? What's the spectacle? So if and- there's a firewall... I would be okay with it, but it seems impossible to conceive that considerations about ratings aren't going to be a factor in the week-to-week booking of NXT, and that is deeply concerning because one of the things that's made NXT so good is that they have long-term booking angles that don't have to take into consideration week-to-week ratings. Here's the hard part for them. They are not used to doing two hours a week. They're used to being able to split it hour by hour by hour especially if you're doing a live show. Now, the good news is they have an NXT universe and even a 205 live universe, dare I say, to pull from. I think it could eventually get folded in, the 205 live, into and that some of the UK people hour. as well. And you the know, UK you bring people, in a Zach yes. Gibson. Zach Gibson could easily chew up 10 minutes a week for you. Yes, 15 minutes I, a week. I agree. But I think also because they haven't done this live, for two hours a week, I think they're going to be using a lot of the main roster people to guide them in this process as to what works and what doesn't. And I don't think that's being talked about nearly enough. Everybody's saying this is Hunter's baby. They'd never let anything like that know. Now that they're on USA, I think I think the uh, 
I think the stakes are a little bit higher, and I think it's probably going to get a little bit more. There's been a philosophy change because there was no effort to preserve what is, quote-unquote, the NXT philosophy. Mm-hmm. But, the, but on the other hand, as I said, Vince doesn't watch this product. He and and you can tell he will now though. Well, that's that's both a good and a bad. Maybe he'll get these characters a little bit more. It's but a at the changing same time, thing. He it's likes a thing characters. that will necessitate changing. Yeah, like I could see my, my snarky tweet when I heard this was: if Vince McMahon ever gets involved with this, the big winners are going to be Baba Tunde and Dan Matha, and on the women's side, you know, I don't know, probably. <laughs> Probably uh, the, Rhea the Ripley. Highest. I could I could see him just adoring Rhea Ripley for being so big. Um, same thing with Jazzy Gabbert and blonde. Well, yeah. well, Rhea's hot, and yeah, that's, right. that's a big thing. Right, with, uh, right. With Vince is hot blondes. So she you would know. be a winner in that paradigm. Tyler Bate, he might look at and go, "I don't get the mustache. He's short. I don't get why he's why is he so small? Why do people like? Why do they call yeah. him Big Strong Boy? He's small. He's small. I mean, he's got like massive quads, Vince." Yeah, uh, but he's small. Why do yeah. they call him Bobby Fish if he's not a fish? <laughs> what type of fish is Bobby? Or does he eat fish all the time? What's that all about? Yeah, I know we're worried about stupid stuff, but you have to. You have to have there it on your radar. There will be gimmickification of these characters. Like Velveteen Dream. If you're a big Velveteen Dream fan right now, you he's have to him. be worried. Yes, no, you don't. Not yes. him. He's going to be fine. Uh, yeah, no, you say that, but I think they're going to start camping him up even more. And like there's okay. like a level. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like you could oversweeten that recipe. All right. Well, yeah. Um, Man. I, I don't know. I, I worry because I think NXT is going to get clocked in the ratings. I think AEW is the hot product in wrestling. I think Raw will be fatiguing enough where people don't want to watch NXT midweek. And plus, they'll be able to watch it on the network a, a day later. So that's going to be the one they DVR. That's going to be the one they wait and hold but off But they on. can use Raw and SmackDown to set up angles for NXT so those who are main roster completists can have a reason to go over and watch NXT on Wednesday. I guess, but at the same time, every time they've done something like that, they, they always make Raw the A show, and they, they dismiss these other shows. I feel you, but Vince is going to be looking at AEW as a real threat if it becomes a real threat. So if AEW launches on TNT and it goes poorly, they're not going to worry about NXT, and this NXT thing will probably fizzle out here within a year or two years. Um, however, if AEW gets off and they go well, then there will be increased attention paid to a to nxt and they'll have all these different options they'll be able to bring over stars i mean you could bring not that you would need to bring hunter over but you could bring goldberg to nxt and pop a rating that way if you really needed to for those of you yelling at your radio or your podcasting device or whatever however you're broadcasting this and think oh here's jeff just being cynical about vince mcmahon and the wwe again WWE just trademarked the term Shorty G as a wrestling name, and rumor had it Gable, Chad Gable, might be the recipient of said name. Shorty G. Chris. Shorty G. Is how they're it would be worse Olympic if it was for a wrestler. black guy, but yeah, I know the fact that it's for Chad Gable's pretty terrible yeah i had to stop swearing there oh my goodness 
<laughs> he's an Olympic level. He was over in NXT. He's Send so good. He's like one of the best workers on this roster. <laughs> oh. Well, he's short and his name starts with a G. He's an Let's... underdog. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, speaking of competition, the WWE today also announced they are launching a podcast network. Through I am endeavor. shaking in my boots, dude. Uh, this is really quite scary for Voice of Wrestling. It's a tough are, time. Are you ready to hear phony nostalgia of the great things about guys you've already heard these stories from 20 times? And also just Renee Young doing puff pieces and guys talking about how things are great and contrived comedy. There's no way they let these guys talk outside of approved boundaries. There's absolutely no way. They oh, tried yeah, this. This is going to be the most politically correct podcast network, inter- politically correct in the terms of what is the correct company line for WWE. It is going to be 100% politically correct in the WWE context. Uh, Becky and Seth got engaged today. Interesting, I thought. Um considering they've only been dating for a few months, but you know what? Congratulations. Well, the, the tweet said it's the happiest day of his life for the rest of his life, and, I mean, tweets are never wrong. Well, you know, Larry King can say he's had the happiest day of his life, what, seven, eight times now? Right. So, I mean. <laughs> One's life oh. can just keep getting happier, I suppose. And, Chris, the XFL has announced team names and logos. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We need to talk about these XFL teams. Which one are we yes. talking about first? They've 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 done <laughs> along with the press releases and whatnot, they've they've released narratives that an actual professional copywriter, probably Vince, had to write. So now I will go through all eight of the XFL teams and descriptions, starting with the DC Defenders. Uh, no, let's go major. Let's go ha- major because it's like, uh, I'm thinking like America kind of style thing. Don't ever think this. On the shoulders of giants, they stand tall, unconquerable, unyielding, marching ever forward, a force united, one quest, one purpose, one resolve, seeking glory through grit, victory through valor. The DC Defenders taking their stand. DC Defenders! Do we want to go through all eight of these? Yes, we do! (laughs) Yes, we do! Next up, the Dallas Renegades. Okay, so like this is this is clearly country, but it's gotta have like a a bit of a rocker flair to it. Yeah, I'm thinking like sticks. Okay, oh like sticks, yeah. Okay. Deep in the heart of Texas beats a different kind of pulse. A spirit untamed, a swagger that can't be denied, where big meets bold meets badass. This is outlaw country inside the lines. This is hell on wheels between hash marks. This is their home on the range, the Dallas Renegades. Raising hell. Raising hell. (laughs) Staying in Texas, the Houston Roughnecks. Okay, okay, so that's, I feel like that's a little bluesier because we're down south, so it's going to be like more of like a. Resolute, rippling with heat, 
railing against fatigue. Unceasing and often unseen, they labor deep in the trenches. Mercenaries in the muck. Brawlers in the blackened dirt. Not just for three hours. Not just when the lights are bright. These are the scratching, grinding, never-bending few. The Houston Roughnecks. Going to work for you. (laughs) (laughs) Going to work for you, Houston. (laughs) Next up, the Los Angeles Wildcats. The Wildcats. Okay, like... Do you have a lot of those in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, you did. You, I heard the other day that a woman chased off a wildcat using her cell phone playing Metallica. So I think not I'm a fan gonna, of Lars, huh? Okay. No, I, yeah, <laughs> not a fan of <laughs> that Saint Anger drum kit will scare most people off. So let, let's go with that. Let's let's do something, something happy like and a, up, upbeat. Oh, okay. something happy and upbeat. You like for the Wildcats? You want? You want well, like I, was a, saying, I was saying like Hollywood Nights or something like okay. Bob Seger or something. In the land of bright lights, far from the flash and fame, they've already begun to prowl. Enter their den and be dominated. Run away and be ripped apart. <laughs> this, is be prime, ripped this is prime time meets primal instinct. Oh, what a this is showtime with a snarl. This is Vince our time this. to roar. The L.A. Wildcats. Unleashed. <laughs> Somebody got paid to write this crap. No, Vince wrote this shit. You know he did. <laughs> Next up, the New York Guardians. Okay, like the oh, the Guardians. Though. All right, so like we. All right, so I'll, I'll put it this way: the first line is centuries carved of stone. Okay, okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking big arpeggios, but like yes. maybe like. Centuries carved of stone, watchdogs over the metropolis, a prehistoric predator, a beast evolves, turned loose in a new kind of jungle. All teeth and talons, eyes unblinking, they know fear because they feed off of it. They are your first line of defense, and there is no need for a second. The New York Guardians, on duty. Guardians! (laughs) On duty. That was kind of mysterious. Like it felt like a little more gargoyle. Each, each of these, each of these has a pattern to it. They say the team oh, yeah. name, and then yeah. there's their tagline. It's like Roman Reigns, the big dog. Except that's for football. All right. Okay. All right. Five all down, right. three to go. Three to go. <laughs> these are all. Who, these are all gems of theme sucks. songs. Yeah. Feel free to use these, Vince. These are good. Yeah. All right. Next up, the St. Louis Battlehawks. Battle Hawks. Okay. All right. All right. So that feels I feel 70s classic rock like like a kiss rip. Winged warriors preparing for flight, preparing to fight. They await their orders, then attack as one. Diving, dodging, swooping, striking. Their mission Create chaos. Their mandate, win at all costs. The St. Louis Battlehawks, cleared to engage. (laughs) The Seattle Dragons. 
Dragons. Seattle Dragons. Okay, so that, the, the, we're on the sea now. We got like a little like three you count go grunge going on. for Seattle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rising from the turbulent sea, beneath the darkening skies of their weather-hardened home, relentless, ruthless, ravenous, not of mythology, but of muscle and might, not of folklore, but of football. This is your darkest fantasy in cleats. (laughs) The Seattle Dragons. The Seattle Dragons, breathing fire. And then finally, I get that just through. This is your darkest fantasy in cleats. I'm like, you don't know my dark fantasies. <laughs> I don't feel like that's the type of team you're going to be fielding, gentlemen. I don't think that's the kind of fantasy I'm fielding either. You know, cleats cost extra in some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, uh, <clears throat> I got to get killed by the girlfriend. The uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers. It needs to be snaky. I'm going to make it snaky. You hear how snaky that is? All right, here we go. In the shadows, they wait. Demons born in darkness. Hunters by instinct. Cold-blooded by nature. Their bite, unavoidable. Their grip, inescapable. They slither and stalk their competition, luring all who challenge them into the jaws of defeat. The Tampa Bay Vipers, ready to strike. <laughs> oh, this, oh. This, this league's going to lose millions. Dude, this <laughs> is such a waste millions. of money. The Battlehawks? I, I mean, these <laughs> descriptions. Who, who puts these out as a serious finished product? And, and the only person who could get away with this crappy of a copy is Vince himself. Oh man! Well, I mean, well, crappy. We'll move over to the uh, to the main roster. A few big hits here. Uh, Roman Reigns, the uh, the mystery of who's been attacking him. Uh, show long mystery. Bri- Daniel Bryan reveals a <laughs> an it's Eric Papa Rowan, Murphy, an Eric Rowan doppelganger. It's Papa I just, Murphy, the pizza company. You know what, though. I mean, it's so weird because my big problem this week were big events that were given no resonance. Like, Buddy Murphy had a great, strong win over Daniel Bryan. And it it should have been something that was dwelled upon and was commented on all night. Next segment, he gets jumped, and all the heat is gone from that. I'm sorry, I, I can't handle that. You you had a You had another segment here where the Revival, who are now firmly entrenched with Randy Orton, even though it's a great idea for a stable, but the way they do stables, it's, it's, it's so bad that it's you don't boss, trust them to actually execute it. Exactly. It, it's, it's boss and thing one and thing two, you know, yep. go out there and get them guys. It's Batman villain stuff, but they did an awesome, like old school thing with the breaking of, well, the quote unquote breaking of Xavier Woods's knee. And, and instead of that being like a solemn moment that took, you know, a f- lot of minutes and you cart him off and it's like, man, we feel so bad. Michael Cole, moving on. We're going to talk to Sasha Banks about her hair color. Did, 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 did. 
It's like, oh my God, you know, nothing is important. Nothing resonates. And so we don't feel anything in any of these builds. It, it, it drove me nuts all night. This kind of moving on, next thing, hurry up, let's move some stuff in, let's do this. It's like, how is anything supposed to be important if you don't treat anything as important? They never sell the transition the right way. And that is certainly a thing from older wrestling that I would like to see more of, where sometimes an angle would start at the beginning of the show, and it would be a point of preoccupation for the lead commentator for the rest of the show, and being used stylistically to segue into each one. Well, earlier tonight, we saw Jerry Lawler get attacked by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now we have to go back to the ring. It, like, it's sort of almost, I'd like to keep talking about that. We need to talk about that. But we have this other thing going on right now, and we have to talk about this. The sense that two important things are happening. Whereas Michael Cole and the way they do transitions, it always feels like there's only one thing going on right now. Only worry about that one thing. Yeah, nothing to see here, guys. Don't be worried about that. Look at the shiny thing that I'm... Yeah, I I did on the Patreon, I did a watch-along of uh, Worldwide from 1984. And the entire hour, was it was intercut... The squash matches were intercut between Tony Schiavone talking to Bob Cottle about the attack of Flair and the Andersons on Dusty Rhodes and breaking his leg. And just, it stayed on Dusty for about 15 minutes you know, while while they, you know, they had turned on him in a cage. They had to take the cage down. Then they had to wrap up Dusty's foot. I mean, everything was meant to get that kind of emotional hit of what a dastardly thing Ric Flair and the Andersons did. And here it's, well, the revival and Randy Orton attack Xavier Woods. We'll see what happens next week. Now let's talk to Sasha, Sasha Banks. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Uh, anyways. In bad babyface news, Kevin Owens is a dope <laughs> for for trusting Shane McMahon after and getting like trying to go back oh to Shane God. on his hands and knees and begging him. I just I did not enjoy this angle, and you could You're see not. it coming a mile away when Shane comes out, and it makes Owens look really stupid. And I, I and then to eliminate him from the King of the Ring like this, it just. Everything about that final segment on SmackDown left a very bad taste in my mouth. I just I don't like what they're doing with Kevin Owens. And I before I was kind of intrigued by it. I didn't love it. But at some point it's very clear Shane they they have plans of keeping him as a figure on television, at least for the like next five to ten years here. I don't know how long I don't think he's going to want to be on TV as long as the old man was, right? But Shane as like the face of the McMahons on SmackDown especially, yeah, he's the face of it. So they're their point of view is if you're on TV with the McMahons, they're giving you the rub. Right. And I just, I just don't. But I mean, that's not what's happening here. No, I mean, SmackDown was all sorts of weird. I mean, we had the uh, the look. I'm going to say this again. That Buddy Murphy Daniel Bryan match was awesome. That was a very, Absolutely very good awesome. match. I loved the way it opened up with him hitting the knee. But again. Commentary didn't really sell the idea that Murphy is going to take it away here. And that's the other part of it. When you're saying nothing feels special or like nothing has any resonance to it. I, I come off of that match and it was a good match. Strong win over Daniel Bryan. And how do I feel about that match? Well, I guess I'll just have to see what happens next week. But then I don't actually think about the thing that I just saw. I think about what the follow-up is going to be. 
in in other in other news, Bailey has gone from being eight year old, naive to fifteen year old and rebellious and acting out. I I just I <laughs> all you have to do, all she has to do is come out and say, "I'm not that same naive person you pushed around anymore. I'm the champ. Come and beat me now." Yeah, I have you've a won nine times. This. My slant is that it, I hate what they're doing with Nikki with Cross. Charlotte? No, oh, with Nikki. Nikki Cross. Oh, Nikki. They've made her yeah. utterly boring. Well, they've made her evil. She has to give in to the evil for a while. But it's not even interesting evil like she was. Now she's more lawful evil. Before she was chaotic evil. Well, here here's what's going to happen because it's interesting because they have parallel stories now between Bailey and Charlotte and Nikki and Alexa because what's going to happen to to Nikki is the same thing that's happening to Bailey now. It's the whole, and and look, I mentioned this in my monologue, and it drives me nuts. The whole, you don't look the right part for a champion. You can't go on the red carpet because you don't look like me. It's it's not about being the best. It's about being the most marketable and and corporate fealty and all that. And and Alexa's going to do the same thing to Nikki Cross when she turns on her. Because there's there's not many more weeks they can go with this story because... Oddly enough, they've cleaned out the women's tag division. They've beaten everybody in two weeks. These are following. dominant champions. I mean, it's it's amazing that in like a week and a half, they've beaten every team they have they, they, uh, since SummerSlam. You know, SummerSlam, Raw, Raw the next week, and SmackDown. They've beaten all the teams they have. So it's just like, okay, we either have to call up a team to beat them or they'll eventually lose to... You know the sky or not the sky pirates, the Kabuki Warriors. It, it's just it's 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 a it's a balancing act where the blonde acts always talk down to the not traditionally pretty girls because again the the whole mantra of would you want to sleep with this person and that's what makes you marketable. I I it drives me absolutely insane. But speaking of which, we do have new Raw Tag Team Champions as well. We're going to do the uneasy tag team partners gimmick, I believe, with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. Yeah. Do they turn turn Braun again, or don't they? I mean, he's so obsessed with the title. It's such a singular point of fixation for him. It seems inevitable. He's so preoccupied with it, it's in a heelish way. It's not in the baby way of, I do want a title shot. It's, I don't think they turn him. I don't think they turn him. I think they do the whole... They, you think it's, uh, you've earned my respect now, Seth Rollins? Um, No, I think it's the Ember Moon thing with Bailey, where where he where it's like they win a match, and then he body slams them like the on the go-home show because he's taking advantage of an opportunity. Yeah, I, I'm with you in the sense of I don't think they take the tag belts before they off of them before they have the title match because I think that's how they want to spice this up. It's like the two tag champions are fighting over the world title belt. That is right, enough of this sort of cabinet. visually enough. interesting. All enough right, whatever. Main roster. whatever. Enough whatever. main roster. Let, I want to go and just stuff. do high wattage. The good stuff has happened with these theme songs. I, You were not listening. <laughs> Those are good theme songs. The uh, the network shows I thought all three were pretty good. Yeah, um, this is good TV this week, man. This is uh, this is why I like this format so much. Where would we like to start between the UK and two hundred five? Um, let's just do two hundred five live. 
Because uh, 205 Live is just that one captain's match, right? Yes. Let, yeah. Let's talk about the awesomeness of how they built this captain's match. What a great this format. Was, this was all on Twitter, by the way. This was a Twitter angle, which I don't particularly like as as a as a usual thing. But the way they did it and the interactions between Oni Lorcan and Drew Gulak on Twitter, if you were not following this, that's unfortunate because as weird as he is on screen, his character, Oni Lorcan's character on Twitter is absolutely awesome. It's an unhinged maniac character where I'm going to punch you in the face and step on your throat and kick your butt. His tweet from earlier tonight, just to kind of give you flavor, was talking about meeting Vince McMahon. He was like, one time I was backstage and I was getting ready for a match and I was really pumped and Vince McMahon came up to me. I don't know what he said, but I looked him in the face and I was like, rock on! And then I went and had a match. I think he liked it. It's that's stuff the character like that. I want on screen. Yeah, that's no, the I, I, that's, I want. that's funny as hell. I love that. Um, the interesting thing about this was they were picking teams and there were some cool things like picking guys who weren't necessarily members of the roster. And also, you know, as we saw on TV, Tony Nese being a member of Drew Gulak's team. Yeah. Even though he's a baby face. Uh, my favorite little moment was after the, uh, Teams were picked. Uh, Bailey volunteered to be a member of, of uh, Oni Lurkin's team and uh, asked uh, asked later, can I be the mascot then? Because I'm already a mascot on SmackDown. <laughs> and I went, oh, uh, which is, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Some of the things people say on Twitter like this week, uh, both Kalisto and uh, Grand Metalik said, I can't wait till October. Adios. And they're they're both dying to get out of this company, which makes this Russell War so much more exciting to me. I'm gonna sure, be so sure. Keep your keep your mouth shut. Make sure they don't roll over your contract, and then use your leverage. I am I am thrilled about this. But the the team captain challenge match, I would say, was good, not great. I think there were stories that they need to give a little bit more uh, breathing room to. I hate the trope of one guy gets a pin, another guy comes in, immediately pins that guy, which they did with the Gallagher-Mike Kanellis thing. I thought it would have been interesting to give Mike Mike Kanellis a hope spot there a bit. But the good stuff, Angel Garza and Swerve Scott, um, Angel Garza debuting on this show, I believe. Angel Swerve Garza Scott is going to be a great addition to this show. Swerve Scott coming over and and uh, after the match with Drew Gulak, redoing part of that story within this match. I thought, you know, I thought they kind of paced this as you thought they would. The guys that they don't think are important got beat early. Swerve, who needs some rub, got some rub, but he's not good enough to be top tier yet, so then he got beat. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, every time they were in the ring, were magic together, I thought. And then, uh, and then uh, Umberto gets a tough, hard-fought win after Oni gets, you know, destroyed by Drew with the chair shots. I thought, I thought they laid out this match and did what they needed to do in terms of telling stories here. It's going to depend on the follow-up, but it's also just I wish they'd let some stories breathe a little bit. Yes, and having all of the action on this roster have to filter necessarily through the cruiserweight title 
it creates a bit of a logjam, um, and it becomes kind of hard to get important second-tier and third-tier angles, which are important to building up people. I, I think they've done a nice job building up Oni Lorcan. They've got a bit of a template here, but, you know, you, you worry that Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo will get kind of lost in the shuffle here some weeks. Um, also, Jack Gallagher, Tozawa, and the Brian Kendrick, I just I feel like... I've seen these three guys interact yes. so much. I'm ready. I like all three of them. Kendrick less so. I mean, he's good, but he's not this. He's not doing anything particularly interesting. Uh, I like Tazawa. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to see. See, they were telling the redemption story of Brian Kendrick, and now yes. they bailed on it. And and yes. so they, there needs to be some attention paid to that. There needs he to has be no motivation at this point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because the initial angle with the Brian Kendrick was he's back. This is his last shot in this company. He's got to win the title. He's got to make something of himself. And then he actually did win the title. But since then, he's now just been in this gatekeeper role and while I get you don't want to necessarily envision him as the future of the division or anything like that, and the title's in the right hands right now with Drew Gulak, he still needs motivation. Every wrestler needs motivation. If it's not a title, it needs to be something else. It needs to be a plot point. Yeah, and the other thing, um, they didn't do enough with the uh, moral conflict of Tony Nese. Now, Tony yes. Nese is not, not the actor necessarily to play this role, I don't think. This is a shocking take coming from our show. We've been very, very high on Tony Nese's acting no, prowess. No, I like, I like him as a wrestler. I, think I like him as a wrestler, but no, you and I have dogged him on his acting and stuff. Like, you know, so especially me. Especially me. I'll, I'll, it's, it's been more me than you. Yeah, I, and, you know, there, there, I guess there was a clip that came out of, uh, you know, the referee reminding Tony Nese to act angry. You know, it, it may just be he's just that much of an athlete that the charisma part that's, is, is a weak spot. I get that. That happens with guys in this industry. So I'm I'm forgiving of that. The problem was he was a baby face put on a heel team. And there was not enough made of that, in my opinion. I, I, I like that as an angle. I like that as he a He shouldn't want to fight some of these guys. There should be some conflict when he gets into the ring with like a Jack Gallagher or an Oni Lorcan, people who he actually or there should be an ex- Or there should be an acceptance of the dark side. That's also a good thing to go into. Yes, where, where where everybody's cheating and he thinks about it for a second and then goes, you know what? I want to be a team player here. I'll do it for you guys. Or and like reluctantly does it, reluctantly yes. throws that punch because yes. he's in a tough quandary. No, you have to put him in a pressure point. I like, as I said, I like this as a format in the sense of it's a lot of wrestling. You can tell a lot of concurrent storylines. You can't do this too often. You can only really do one of these once every two months or so. But I like what potentially you could have done with Tony Nese. I like the advancement of the Gallagher and Tozawa storyline. I like, obviously, building up the Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo stuff, continuing the Swerve Scott and Drew Gulak stuff, as well as the Oni Lorcan and Drew Gulak stuff. It's it's a good vehicle. Um, it's just time to think about why some of these people on this roster are doing what they're doing. What is Arya Davari's motivation on a week-to-week basis? Why? Why is he doing stuff? Mike Kanellis on this roster, on 205 Live, is he fighting for the title? If he's not fighting for the title and he's not trying to destroy Drake Maverick anymore, what then? Why? And, yeah, those are the things I think about when I watch this show. 
there there's a story going around that the NXT contracts are going to get converted into main roster contracts. That's good. Now that they're now that they're on cable, that's very good. Now it's time to if if you're going to do touring for the uh for the TV tapings, I think they're going to do like 2 weeks at full sale in one taping and then 2 weeks at another place for a taping. It's time to put the 205 live roster under the NXT umbrella. Because that the, that's the same audience. That's the audience that appreciates this stuff. I'm tired of having to watch these guys work three times as hard to get half the applause. I really am. And you also essentially have a Monday Nitro vibe now on your 205 yeah. Live NXT show where you have that first hour is Cruiserweight Wrestling and then your second hour is your NXT stuff. There's an audience for that. Uh, that That's actually a fairly strong work rate product, too, especially compared to what people are getting on the main roster from week to week. I, I think this has the ability to feel really brisk. Speaking so, of NXT. Yeah, let's talk NXT. A good show, not a great show. There was a lot of uh, what we like to call um, chess piece moving on this show. It looks like they're going to stay with Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler. I liked the... I like the, I respect you, join us. Oh, you're not going to? Okay, now we're going to beat you up. I liked that. I, I always liked the temptation of the baby face over to the dark side. And uh, either way, it's always interesting, whether they take it or not. So, I mean, we're going to get Shayna and Mia, I think, for another uh, for another cycle, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I think this time we'll probably get like a stip match, like a street fight or something like that to you know show that Shayna's tougher and that she can beat Mia Yim in her own game. Absolutely awesome was the Keith Lee, Donovan Dijakovic hype package. Yeah, I really liked that. I I thought that that was cool. Yeah, I I thought that it did a nice job setting up initial respect, and then we made sure to reestablish Dijakovic as the heel in this feud, so you knew to boo Mm -hmm. him. And I thought it was just... It was very effective as a standalone piece, and, and I think it's something that I, I hope the NXT team kind of keeps and goes, this is a good one. Make sure you review this one when you're making future future content. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was really, really good. Um, I, you know, the the rest of it was okay. I mean, the, the Undisputed Era and was what a good What is this promo. Jordan Miles character? That, I can't, I've been trying to say that this thing for like was bad. five that minutes. That was bad. I'm pre- very preoccupied by nerdy Turpleton Jordan Miles. <laughs> I was thinking Book of Mormon Jordan y- Miles. Yeah, yeah, right. Either way, <laughs> this this is a guy who buttons all the way up to the, the top button. Like, that, where, where it kind of feels like a small man is choking your Adam's apple. I mean, who does that? I th- what I what kind of Johnny just... Cool guy does that? Yeah, I didn't like the smiling. I didn't like he really didn't do anything other than the drop the contract. I thought the cold part of the promo to him towed the line of racial um, insensitivity a bit with the with the white. I mean, just the way he was kind of, you know, I'm going to wipe the smile off your face stuff. It, it towed the line of creepy. Um, well, you know, what's weird is that he was probably given lines like that because the gimmick about Jordan Miles, he's got a great smile. <laughs> and he's going to stay there and be quiet the whole time. It's just like, God, why do you have baby faces do that? They come out there to get And he's going to lose. He's going to lose. The, the, the wrestling formula says here in this moment, Jordan Miles needs to look like something 
that scares all four members of yes. the Undisputed Era somehow. He's got Make me some sort of he's thing. He's going to win. He's got a plan. He's got a way to trip him up. He's got a just dropping a contract like a dick. That's not that's not a thing. That's just okay. Like you see, oh, he put it back in Adam Cole's face because he's a jerk too. Okay, but, like, you didn't one-up him. You didn't turn the tables on him. Battle of Australia and New Zealand between the former Jonah Rock, uh, was it Bronson, what's his first Bronson name? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed and uh, and Shane Thorne. Um, I like the Shane Thorne going after guys in the tournament story. I'm just, I, I, I think 50-50 matches isn't going to get Shane Thorne over. No, I don't feel like this heats him up. And then every time we get done with Shane, it's like a running gag now where Shane Thorne, the the obvious launching point for Shane Thorne, gets completely sidelined. So remember a few weeks ago it was Jordan Miles was leaving and out comes Shane Thorne. And rather than attacking Jordan Miles, which would have been like a very obvious angle because he's so mad about the tournament, he's just over and cutting a promo over Moro's shoulder. Well, out comes Velveteen Dream. And I was like, oh, okay, we're building Shane Thorne to fight Velveteen Dream. Nope, Roderick Strong, blah, 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 blah. And, and that's honestly the thing that keeps sticking to me with Shane Thorne is he has these matches. He wins against these guys who are new and who are kind of getting goobed a little bit. And then we don't pay it off. That's that main roster keep things going, you know, so that people don't turn the channel stuff that they do sometimes where someone's leaving up the ramp after a big promo, and then all of a sudden the next person's music hits, and they're walking down the aisle. You know, like, moving like, on. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like Becky Lynch is going to come down the aisle after Samoa Joe's attacked Roman Reigns or something, and you're like, why, why are you not? <laughs> are, are we star for time? Do we have to get her out there right now? It, it's just, it's that weird thing that they do where it's like all the space must be filled so that people don't get bored, like they're marketing for people with short attention spans. I hate it. I hate, and I didn't like this Velveteen dream promo all that much. No, I, I didn't care for it. I, it was stale. Um, I thought the merchandise stuff was actually kind of tacky. The MasterCard ads with that are 10 years in the past. Yeah, sure. No, I, I just thought the whole thing was tacky and I, I get that it was meant to reference that, but at the end of the day, it just came off as a weird commercial for his shit. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I did not like it. And then we got to the main event and, and this is okay. So I get wanting to build up Killian Dane and oh, I'm wait, not- wait, wait, you missed, you missed one other thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mansoor gets massacred. Mansoor building him up after that big hometown win in the battle Royale where we don't put him on TV for another month or two getting crushed. By Damian Priest, he just—he's not—he's not that character in NXT. So, in a weird way, I—I I get what you're saying because I remember the big Saudi Arabia push. But we have to remember that that's Saudi Arabia land. Um, he's and only good in Saudi Arabia, is what you're telling me. I—I I think he gets like a big power boost whenever he gets <laughs> back to his homeland. You know, like. Uh, it's like Magic the Gathering when you, you're on your own blue territory and you're a blue creature and you're stronger. Yeah, things things of that sort. I, I'm sure I botched that. But, yeah, that's what happened there. And now we're back in NXT land where Mansoor is 
a reasonably treated underdog enhancement guy. He has a thing. He does certain things well. He's still not great, but he's they've brought much less gifted wrestlers into the ring. Yeah, let me. In a real world where underdogs were appreciated, you could start to build that. And you could start to, you know, you know, he doesn't quite win here. He only loses by a short, you know, a, a short mental mistake here. And you could eventually get the crowd to turn and get behind him. In the WWE, niceness is punished. And the underdogs should always lose because that's how it really is in real life. <laughs> yes i mean that that's that's as simple as you can get it, it it's uh, underdogs in this company from top to bottom it, it's it's no bigger is always better and you know and the, it's really rough when you have crush the week the johnny cool guy gray damian priest character where he's not he's a heel but he's like a cool heel and yeah. so you kind of like him, and they're not really having him go up against anyone we really like at this point. He's going up against unknowns, and he's got this really cool entrance with this really great theme song, especially compared to the more generic theme song wrestlers that he goes up against. Um, yeah, this is a death spot for Mansoor. Like, it was a very bad spot for anyone's babyface character to be in. Also, any other company, your ethnicity as a unique characteristic would be helpful. Not in the WWE. <laughs> See, Ali. <laughs> it's just, I, I just... Uh, Mansoor could be used for international goodwill with the WWE and they will whenever they go to Saudi Arabia but outside of that geek and that's honestly a bit of a shame because he's better than that yes I agree so let's talk now about Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle so I don't think the wrong person won in this match but I am utterly perplexed by the booking of this angle and choosing to defeat Matt Riddle. Like, Killian Dane needed to win his first match back. It's sort of pointless to bring this guy back just to be defeated. But he doesn't feel like a star, and I don't feel like Killian Dane's been elevated by this. I also don't think it's so weird because as much as they hate old-school wrestling, or at least Vince, not necessarily NXT... The it's because his ribs are hurt. As an yes. excuse to lose. People don't people aren't gonna go, yeah, well he lost, but it was only because of his ribs. They're gonna say he lost. Yeah, and he got strategically and I, tenderized by his opponent. Yeah, it makes Killian Dane the better guy. Why yeah. do we care about Matt Riddle now? There's no I'm angry about this, and I want to see Matt Riddle get revenge. No, yes, when Matt he Riddle fought, got beat. Yeah, when he came out and fought Killian Dane afterwards, I was like, oh, good, it's not over. But I didn't think it made Matt Riddle look valorous or cool. That was goofy as hell when he got yes. on his back and gave him a sleeper to walk back out. I was like, da 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 And then they keep fighting backstage, too. So like they, they actually put like out an exclusive video of more of them fighting. So this is going to get some sort of stip match afterwards. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have minded a DQ here. I really wouldn't have or a no. count, double count out or 
because I don't mind those when you're building something. I mind them as a, as a lazy plot device. I don't mind them when there's a direction and NXT usually has a direction. I just, I mean, I, I kind of viewed this a bit maybe as punishment for the Goldberg comments, but I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not that going to be that guy to go. I, no, I don't think so. Conspiracy I don't think, theory. No, I don't think that's what's going on here. I yeah, think they that just necessi- thought injuring they the ribs to, was a good enough excuse. And, and they have to push that. Dane, right? Like you, they did yeah. all of these packages to rebrand the guy they came up with this other character. He's put in some serious work at the gym since you last saw the guy. Um, they have plans for this guy, and so he needs wins, and he needs high-profile wins, and Matt Riddle has been getting wins. But they don't have any plans of taking the belt off of Adam Cole, and I don't necessarily know that they want to take the belt off of Velveteen Dream and put it on Matt Riddle right away. I think, if anything, since they're going on to TV, they want to kind of keep the belts where they're at for the moment and then think about moving them around maybe at the next takeover. Something like that. And, and if Matt Riddle's not in the title picture for either one of those titles, Roderick Strong's part of the Velveteen Dream's current profile, then you, you, Matt Riddle needs to lose here. And Killian Day needs to go over so they can continue their feud and maybe Matt Riddle wins their feud. Yeah, but again, I don't know, you know. What does that do for Matt clean, Riddle? Or, you know. Well, the, clean, the clean loss is kind of what, I mean. I have a real, you know, he's a clean. sore loser. No, right, they don't consider it clean, but to me, he's a sore loser. To them, he's valorous, yes. and he's not defeated. And to me, he was defeated, and he refuses to give up the ghost here and just go, well, you know, I've been fighting this guy for weeks now, and at the end of weeks, he's still standing, and I've had my ass kicked. Yeah, it's a little bit like the uh, Seth Rollins coming out and just getting destroyed by Brock Lesnar the week after he got destroyed by Brock Lesnar. And you're just like, no, you're an idiot. No, Nobody watches that and go, man, he's really valorous for coming out there and standing up to Brock. No, he's hurt. He should be resting for the big match that's already signed. Kind of moron does something like that. Shall we move on to NXT UK? Yes, because there was a lot of good stuff in this NXT UK, I thought. Yeah, I mean, except for the referee clearly counting fast in this first match here. <laughs> I mean, he had his foot underneath the ropes. He had his shoulder up. The ref was counting really fast. He was Chris, clearly, he was fine. It, that, Chris, that was a miscarriage of justice. I took an hour and a half of peace. I meditated. I breathed. I thought about... I thought about how big life really is. And I know that in our hearts, the hunt are the real winners in life. The chance of boar, boar, boar popped me on the side. No, 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 it's great. They're the actually really starting to get over. Hell yeah. They did not get as much offense as I wanted. They're a little bit too wrestlery for my taste. Like, I wanted to see Hitchman bite a guy's hand as opposed to trying to struggle out of a out of a headlock. I want them to be a little bit more feral in their offense. More I brawling. realize that may not happen. Yes. I, I'm, yes. I'm with you. I, but, I, I want more clubbing forearms. I want primate like go even more into the simian thing, dude. I want him poor yeah. Poor wild boar in the corner looking for this primate who had left him. And had, had abandoned him. He didn't abandon him. He didn't abandon him. He was ambushed brutally by the scurrilous Eichner, who is a horrible person. 
and the only person worse than him is Marcel Bartel. I can't say that because actually Eichner and Bartel are one of my favorite teams in all of WWE. Not right today. Now. They really are. Not today. They sure aren't. No, sir. <laughs> Uh, but a fun match. I enjoyed it for what it was. The hunt will return. And and look, they got their due when they went back to the locker room and got uh, and got trashed. Yeah, and they're more over now than they were before. So I, I think I know I think things are just fine for the hunt and, and they're cruising along. Yes. Kaylee Ray faced off against Shax, which uh, it is as a US watcher, I see S H A X on there, and all I see is Shaq. And I'm yeah, waiting for Shaquille O'Neal to come out through the curtain. Yeah, Shaq's, I believe, is a member of their UK PC. Um, doing a bit of a Zatanna gimmick, if you read the DC comics. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a Batman character. Yes, the well, yeah, the magi- Justice League member, magician who basically wore underwear. Um, yeah, Kaylee Ray destroyed her as well. She should have. I, I absolutely loved the. I'm gonna bounce on the ropes and then Kaylee Ray's just like, okay, I'll kick you in the face. Boom, loved it. Um, and I loved, I loved the Kaylee Ray Tony Storm, uh, showdown. It's everything I want in a heel promo. Where she's not necessarily mustache twirling, but she's getting inside Tony's head. I thought this was the best Tony Storm I've seen in NXT UK. In yeah, because Tony of, didn't say anything. Well, not only that, but she, her acting, at the right time, she got upset. Some people give off signs that, that they're, they're anticipating it. I thought Tony Storm was really good here, and I thought Kaylee Ray was outstanding on her promo. I was like, this, 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 this is heat compared to compared to like Sasha Banks telling Natty Neidhart that her daddy's in hell. That's that's too far. Her saying you've been abandoned all your life because your dad didn't love you. That's that's garbage. That's 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 enough to make somebody slap you. I liked this. I really did. This Kaylee Ray promo was the first time I've been in on this Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray angle. Yes, yes. It's come a bit late for me in this angle, but boy, if they had started off with this angle and started off with this as the launching point. I'd be all over this. Like the, the first week she comes out and says, I'm going to get in your head. The next week she comes out and does this after torturing some small wrestler who is just like Tony Storm. I, the only thing that would have been better is if Shax was blonde and looked kind of like Tony Storm. Yeah, as long as, long as she wasn't uh, cutting promos in the middle of the match. You look just like Tony. You no, you, like don't, you don't want to club it over the head, but, yeah, but just yeah. having that as the setup and then cutting this promo... I think would have been just fine. Agreed, agreed. But no, I really liked this promo. I liked, uh, I liked the backstage interaction between uh, Kenny Williams, this this absolute flake, and uh, Jordan Devlin, who is just <laughs> Jordan Devlin's on tilt all the time, and I love it. I, I love, love what it. he I said. It. I hate you, Ratsy. That <laughs> I mean, instant baby face. Yes, I'm like, punch him now, punch him. Yes, I've seen the lineup for TakeOver. I'm not on it. <laughs> He's this, great. This eats at him. This eats, I, I know this feeling. This feeling where it's like, 
<laughs> I'll compare it to my previous life at improv where it's like, yes, I saw the Herald teams. No, I'm not on one. Stop talking to me about this. That, absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Then we had a video recapping the rivalry between Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey. I liked this. This was this was good. Not not as good as the previous one we talked about, but this is okay. Give me some Vader versus Van Hammer action. Give me some big guys smacking each other, throwing each other around. I'm down with this. Last man standing. There, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some big guys going through some stuff, and I'm I'm happy to watch. The one to ten count part at the end was really nicely edited together. I thought that was mm-hmm. nice. Yep. And then we had an intro package for Oliver Carter. Not really sure where Oliver is going to fit into this roster. Uh, NXT gets its own Kofi Kingston. Yeah. And he's going to be a lower card guy for a while here because, I mean, all roads run through Imperium right now. Mm -hmm. And then we had this ambush backstage angle involving Imperium. This was a nice little wraparound through line on this show. I like that they're speaking German to each other. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Even even Eichner, who I believe speaks Italian, English and German. Everybody, everybody has to speak German because Walter is the champion. And uh, yeah, I liked, uh, you know, I liked that. I liked the uh, interplay between Walter and uh, and, uh, and 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 oh, I'm forgetting his name already. Why am I forgetting? his Alexander name? Wolf, Alexander Wolf. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I enjoyed that just a little bit of like. Don't talk to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, no, and I, I love Walter's interaction with Ratsy. Why would you do this? Why would you talk to me? Never do this again. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> everybody should mistreat Ratsy more, and then I'll be happy. Yes. I, am, I Heels need to disrespect Ratsy more, although th- there's this issue of it might get them over. But You know, you know what, though? I, you know what I want? I want them to mistreat Ratsy, and I want it to never affect Ratsy. Okay, I'm just going to be happy and be back here. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a Byron thing. Yeah, yeah. He's I big... like yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. He ha- he has that sunny disposition, which you know what I like. Radzi a lot, and I like that the I like the baby faces are very happy to talk to him, and it's a pain in the ass for the heels to go talk to him. It's very old, mean gene type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Except that the thing that made Mean Gene fun is that he could give it back, and the Radzi yes. type character Radzi doesn't have permission. Yeah, yes. Radzi doesn't have permission. Yeah, and, and it's hard to find a way for the Radzi type of character to do that. Yes. So, yeah. And then we had. I mean, this is just sort of ho hum for me. It was long. Um, Mark Andrews and James Drake. James Drake is very boring, and when Zach Gibson came out in the suit, and James. Drake is out there in his grunge rock year. You just feel this like deep contrast between these two. And, and I, I want James Drake to be different than that. If he's going to be paired with Zach Gibson long-term and you want to get the grizzled young veterans over as like the team. I would have the grizzled young veterans drop the belts because James Drake gets beat. I yeah. would then split up the team because Zach Gibson is a damn superstar. He's a star, right? He and James is Drake is a goo. so much bigger than this. Yeah. I would even either put him in a program with Walter, which would be, I think, awesome in terms of Gibson's just anger cutting promos against the bigger Walter. Or I would move Gibson over to a program on NXT US 
for a while. Yeah, I think I think you've got to get him off of this roster right now because he's such a strong heel, and you have Walter as the champion, so there's nowhere for him to go. But Gibson does need to be doing bigger and better things than just or, anchoring down the tag titles. Yeah, on on the next major main roster show, even before moving him over to like NXT US, you debut him in front of a British crowd who does the if you hate Gibson, take your shoes off. Or if you hate Gibson, stand up. And just his reactions to that. Cause... Oh, have him beat Velveteen Dream in front of a British audience to win the NXT Intercontinental title. That look when, when, when Drake's in trouble and they're all chanting and getting on him. And he just, he has, he's pie facing himself in just a frustrated, slow burn. He is just the best. He's. I, I wish. I wish that the WWE would allow guys to play the feel of the audience. Because if if Gibson gets on the mic at any point during this match and says, "Hey, I'm not part of this match," shut up. This this match gets more heat into it as well, and this crowd wants to hate these people. The problem is we have Mark Andrews, who again underdog so he gets beat a lot as opposed to getting built up a lot that's the problem is people don't care about mark andrews enough when in a major wrestling company he would be ray mysterio on nitro in many ways or ray mysterio when he first came on the main roster and just beating guys bigger than him and they'd be presented as exciting and fast all the time and yes Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews are presented as high flying, but not presented as fast. And that They're, sounds like a unique. small distinction, but it's an important one because that's kind of yeah. They're the they're niche. high they're high flying isn't unique to them, right? Because big guys do dives on the outside. It's the it, incredible it, speed of the cruiserweights that gets yes. combined with the high flying that makes them just as impactful as a heavyweight when you combine that speed and high flying. I know that's not how physics works. This is wrestling physics. No, and and uh, and so the uh, South Wales Social Club get put into a three way with. Uh, I did like the interplay between um, Gallus and the grizzled young vets. I, I do think there needs to be some heat between those two teams as well. Yes, Zach Gibson didn't give it back enough. I wanted him no. to needle Wolfgang more and like yes. make it a real pain. Because Wolfgang for... yes. was, was inconsolable, and I love as that always. Him. No, and and Wolfgang hating Zach Gibson is the most natural and pure and true thing that I've seen on this show in a while. Yes, um, but I would put the belts on either Gallus or these two, and then I would break up the Grizzled Young Vets. I, I, I am not a James Drake fan at all. I don't think he fits in with the gimmick. I think he's, he's going not Joseph along for the Connors, ride. but like anyone could be in the James Drake role. It feels like yeah. he's he's just a replacement guy. Yeah, I, th- I think somebody with a little bit more personality would do well here, but a uh, better look. I, I, the look doesn't a better fit. look too. It doesn't fit what Zach Gibson is doing. And Zach Gibson is not like a physical specimen. It's just when he comes out, he's in this suit. He looks correct. He looks like a star. I mm-hmm. don't know where it is. I, he's got, when you describe Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's a bald white dude with like a mustache and a little like chin thing. And that's basically Zach Gibson. And like, it's kind of nondescript when you just like lay it out like that. 
but then you see Zach Gibson, you're like, oh, that guy's a star. Okay. What gets what gets Gibson over is the bitterness, and yes. oddly enough, the guy to pair with him is Eddie Dennis. Oh yeah, he'd be great. Zach Gibson they, and Eddie Dennis would be, and, and Eddie Dennis could actually cut an okay promo. Yeah, and two guys who are just bitter, bitter at the industry, bitter at everything. And Eddie Dennis looks Those good are, in his suit too. We just need yes. to change his gear, but like he he looks good in his suit. He would look as the taller guy next to Gibson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the gri- those are grizzled young veterans, right? Absolutely, there, the grizzled, the grizzled part. Yes, you know, that that would be my move. I, I'd put I put those two together, but uh, you know, still, I am looking forward to this Cardiff uh, takeover uh, for NXT UK. We'll we'll do a preview of that next week. Uh, the go home, I think. I because I, I, I think next week's going to be mostly video package, which uh- you're going to hate. Real quickly, um, did you the like Tyler the Bates Tyler stuff. Bate and Trent no. Seven stuff? No, I okay. liked it to a point. I liked okay. it to a point, but Take I think me it gave. It. I I think it gave away too much that Tyler Bate has no chance of winning. Oh, you don't say? No, but I I, I mean I I thought that going in. Yeah, it, I, it's it important just, for Bate and Seven to get some level of comeuppance, and I like the idea that two can get the edge on four. But like, no order must be restored eventually, and four will get the advantage on two. I hate them doing the comeuppance on the go home as opposed to as opposed to giving us something to look forward to on on the actual show they use they use the 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 hot babyface comeback on the go home to drive the will, will he be able to do this next saturday on takeover and it never brings that amount of curiosity that you want it to i i think you keep them apart for the week and i kind of like what you're saying here i like the idea of doing some of the beats of this story actually on the takeover have yeah. trent seven attacking members of imperium backstage and we don't know who it is and tyler bates getting ready for his match it's getting into walter's head it starts to feel like walter might actually lose the title here because he's getting so flustered by this attack happening on imperium backstage he goes down to the ring we have the match the champions I mean, on their heels all throughout the show even um, though the narrative dictates that tyler bates should not win the title here the pop is when Trent Seven comes out after Imperium has come out looking like they're going to cheat. And then it's like, oh, Trent Seven's back. Good. And now Bate's going to have the opportunity to win fairly. And and Bate will fire up and he'll eventually fail. But you still have, you don't, you don't, you don't give away everything on the go home show like you did here, and that was my problem. With That's it. just a very WWE everything. move, though. They do that with yeah, heels, and they do that with baby faces. And and the way to tell is whoever's on top at the end right. of the right. go yeah. home is the guy who loses. I mean, it's a very that drives it eighty percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not every time, but eighty percent of the time. Eighty percent is yeah. a good number. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to hit here before we get out of here? No, but I do want to hit the Patreon. Patreon.com slash the ropes. The second episode of high wattage, perhaps high voltage later. But for right now, it's high wattage. We'll be coming out this weekend. Maybe I'll tape something else. Maybe Chris and I will tape something else. Maybe I'll get Rob not going to uh, Weezer or Hootie or the Dave Matthews Band or some other Wonder Bread type act. Eh, for as little as a buck, you get a couple of show, extra shows a month. You put some money in Chris's pocket for editing these shows, editing the levels because I can't hear myself with the guitar in my ear. 
All those types. Of I am things. writing theme songs for the closer. This is this is helping. You stepped on my outro. This is last abuse. Week. Okay. Patreon.com/slash/eightthemropes. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. If you just want to follow the show, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. All one word. Two of those three have been blocked by Brad Shepard. I'm very proud of this fact. After have I been blocked getting... by Brad yet? I haven't checked. I, have you checked? No, I, I probably will be. I, I, Rusev, I... I think, got blocked this week because Rusev was tearing into him, too. <sighs> uh, but Chris also does other audio shows uh, in both the entertainment and political spheres. Here's his plug. Don't worry, TV and all in the family podcast.com. Don't worry about the government. My news and politics show the all in the family podcast. I need to sit down and do editing. I've just been dealing with a lot of busy stuff here recently, and there will be episodes out of that soon. Um, other than that, I just want to give a big thanks to Dallas Police for definitely getting my TV in that box out. Oh, yeah.